Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. And we're still in the world of recording <laughs> remotely. We're in quarantine. This could last forever. It lasts for a long time. A long, long time, man. It definitely is going to at least feel that way. Um, we, I, we, uh, me and Beth, my fiance, we woke up and we sort of were talking about like how it feels like it's it's almost reaching the point of even though it's been just like over a month, it's starting to feel like it's always been this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you start to like get used to your new routine and stuff like that. Yes, that's. I'm definitely getting used to my new routine. Yeah. Mine, I mean, I I try to get a workout every day at home, and it's like that's, it's like something to look forward to. <laughs> I do like YouTube video, like workout video shit. Hell yeah, dude! Because otherwise, I would just be sitting. I just sit. Yeah, I, I love to sit down. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I do too. <laughs> um, I I sit at home because I work from part-time from home and it's all at a computer the whole time watching videos and captioning. So yeah. I'm sitting for like six hours. If we did this every day, I'd be sitting for another two, possibly two hours. Um, I love watching movies that include sitting. <laughs> uh, I do, you gotta do I, Pilates while you watch movies. You gotta like lift your leg up. and <laughs> That's true. I am going to try. Uh, I I got um um a tablet specifically. Well, I I bought like a thing to hold the, my iPad on my bike. Like I have a bike that I turned into a stationary bike. Nice. I, I bought a trainer years ago, and so I'm getting a tablet specifically for us to work out. Because I was just cool. like my like, taking my iPod on and off was slightly annoying for me. So I was like, okay, I can't buy another iPad. So I just found like an affordable tablet that you can stream on. So I'm hoping to set that up so that then I can do exactly that. Fuck yeah. Watch 30-minute shows or whatnot, but it's like just work my legs through it, you know? So it's like really changing your lifestyle to just stay inside. <laughs> Even though people will probably be like, go take a walk. I'm like, no, I have to stay inside. If it wasn't for Poppy, I probably wouldn't go outside. I feel that way. All my right. dog, I take her outside. Yeah, good for you. I've Do discovered a lot of new streets in my neighborhood. Nice. Anything like crazy? There's a lot of good stairs that I didn't realize were really close to my house. Ooh, nice. Like behind UCB Franklin, there's like a bunch of public stairs that you can climb up if you're like, I don't want my legs to atrophy. Yeah, that's nice. I remember when I lived in Silver Lake, tons of hidden stairs. Yeah. Feels They're like cool. LA is there's like a whole book I think out there like of somebody made a book about all the hidden stairs in Los Angeles. They're pretty fun. I mean, they're kind of magical. Like they feel kind of secret in a way really that like do. little cuz you don't you don't have any hidden streets. Every street you go on even in this quarantine, there's like somebody walking down. Yes. But like the stairs seem like just fewer people want to walk up and down stairs so <laughs> they're usually pretty free that's great yeah i love it's it. cool they're good exercise i remember we used to when i lived in silver lake me and my roommates would there was a very long stair that we would go to and work out you'd just like the routine Run of like running down. up it yeah <laughs> and there's one in there's somewhere in um 
this is such a tangent away from our Hellboy specifics. <laughs> but uh, these are for a, all you stair heads out there. <laughs> there's like a famous Abbott and Costello stair in in uh, either Echo Park or Silver Lake that has like a like a plaque on it because it's in from one of their famous shorts oh, called cool. like the, called like the stairway or something. Uh, yeah, you can find it pretty easily. I think when I but, Google yeah. it. Yeah, it's very cool. Because, you know, L.A., it's kind, it's kind of fun to look think back on, like, an era where in L.A., because everybody considers it a, a town where you have to have a car, but they had all these stairways. So there's a, there was an era maybe that people were just walking around on staircases all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that was the fashionable thing to do is take a, <laughs> take a st- walk some stairs to wherever you're going. <laughs> it was fashionable. <laughs> you know you what? Wanted- Today I'm going to go up. Yeah, and maybe you got seen. Maybe that's how a couple of people in in Hollywood got discovered by us walking some stairs. Awesome you know? stairs. Like you know how like there's restaurants that people go to because they're like you know that's where you see people and that's where you like get noticed. What restaurants? Maybe, I don't know. I just think that's like like the chateau, like right, like the chateau. Oh. Like those are just like known like places in Hollywood that like. I don't have them off the top of my head or I'd be there. Right. <laughs> but like places that like, you know, like a certain star or an agent or a producer, like I think they this go is a tr- hang out there. Yeah. Like I think it's a Hollywood trope for that. So I'm wondering if there was like a period where there was a stair, a staircase that, you know, such and such, you know, producer <laughs> likes to go up and down the yeah. stairs. Meyer from MGM's Meyer, you know, used to hang out on this staircase. So you try to go there and just just practice a monologue and maybe you'll get discovered while walking <laughs> up the stairs. Something dumb like that. I like it. <laughs> so, yeah, as we said, we're in the court. We're in the midst of the uh, still the quarantine. We're recording remotely from our own separate apartments. The world is still trying to figure out how to get through this thing. A little bit of a, 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 shine, a future shining spot on things getting back to some normalcy. For all of us out there who read comic books, I, I assume that's most of our listeners, if not all, at least over here uh, in the, I don't know how far the Diamond Comic Distributors, Inc., uh, how far they're, they're spread out. But here on the West Coast, we've been, we didn't have any new comic books because Diamond Comics Distributors shut down because of that nasty COVID-19. But they released yesterday... Uh, on the April 17th, I'm pulling this from CBR.com, they announced that they'll be attempting to reopen comic industry um, and distribution in May. So I'm just going to quickly read part of this statement that they released. Nice. This was an official message to customers and vendors. And this, they say, although we are not yet on the other side, we are tracking COVID-19 developments daily and starting to sign to see signs of the spread slowing in certain areas. Like you, we are thinking about and planning for when and how we will restart the shipping of new weekly products. We have been closely watching the news, listening to our retailer and publisher partners, and considering the many points of view as we decide as an industry how to proceed. With health and safety of employees, retailers, and customers a top priority, we need to be very deliberate about how we restart scale operations. We must find that delicate balance between managing health and safety concerns, meeting the pent-up demand for product and working with retailers whose situations differ and whose need for product may have changed. 
While there are many steps and conversations that need to happen between today and resuming distribution of a new weekly product, we are currently targeting mid to late May with the hope that as an industry, we can all work toward the, that time frame. Of course, as we all have all seen, target dates sometimes need to be adjusted in this very ever-changing new normal. But we cannot wait for the firm dates. We have started the planning process and are having these important conversations with publishers and retailers so that once we have more clarity, we are in a position to restart and scale operations over time. Our intent is to restart the weekly FOC process once we have worked with publishers on a new schedule for product releases. Product that was originally scheduled for release on April 1st and 8th will be distributed over a longer period, allowing publishers to work with printers to deliver new product without further interruption. Retailers will be able to adjust order quantities for those products, making sure that they are receiving quantities that make sense for the current situation in their stores. While we look forward to the resumption uh, um, of weekly new products, we know that many retailers continue to take advantage of restocks of backlist product via Diamond's Retail Services website. We encourage retailers to ensure their comic shop locator service listings are up to date, with services offered, such as delivery or curbside service, and that store hours are accurate. This will help cut direct customers to stores that can continue to meet their needs through this time. Uh, and then they just say, thank you for your understanding support as we plan for our future. We are committed to communicating with you during the process and look forward to our continued partnership. So, cool. yeah, I hope that, you know, I hope I know we don't have any hard deadline, as they said, but I do hope we get back to some normal see on those comics coming out because while we're tucked yeah. away in our homes i you know i want to be updated on my fantastic four yeah <laughs> so yeah that's you know hopefully that comes into fruition and yeah. i and also i just feel bad i mean i don't want place like uh my i believe now turning into your go-to comic book shop i don't want the our local the secret headquarters to shut down because of this yeah I uh yeah speaking of that I so you were talking about how they deliver stuff to you like before all of this they were delivering your like monthly comic picks and stuff yeah. and so I went on there and they had uh just like some cool like zines like it seemed like a lot of local artists that made like a bunch of cool zines so I grabbed some of those and like there was this like Reservoir Dogs activity book that looked like a like a kid's activity book from the 60s or 70s or something but with all like reservoir dog specifics and it was really cool I so i grabbed that. that and uh like a t-shirt and i ordered it and it came the next day i was like holy shit they're like so awesome. fast yeah it was and it was like you said it was like oh it's just like a guy who's who receives that stuff yeah it's Dave. But they had some really <laughs> cool stuff like and it came so fast like and same like i don't want these places to close down between them and golden apple like that would be devastating if they shut down that would suck yeah exactly so it's like i'm trying to support them as the best i can yeah of course in this time it's like limited income of course so i can't like throw a bunch of money but i i did the same thing i mean hopefully they'll be able to send me some of my polls in the coming future yeah as well as maybe some uh, trades like I, I asked to see if they could get me both volume one and two of the Baltimore series of the omnibus just so I can help them out. I Sweet. bought a pin from them, um, which nice. is their official logo, which is awesome. Yeah. So it's just finding small ways to hopefully help out while we're getting, th all of us are getting through this stuff. Yeah. 
So it's cool though that you did that, and I'm glad they came. It came really fast for you. Yeah, they were just they had their shit together. I was like, couldn't believe it. There's this really funny book. If you can see this, K. Viruses. It's called the viruses, but the the publishing is too soon publishing, <laughs> <laughs> and it's literally just photographs of people in medical masks and like funny others. It's I I laughed quite a bit. <laughs> it's on their main feed at um the shq on Instagram. So fun, I love it. So yeah. I agree. So get out there. If you have a comic book shop, it's still functioning. Find a way to support them in any small way that you can. Um, uh, and then one other thing before we move on to this week's um, stories that we'll be coming from Weird Tales, um, because as you know, Weird Times calls for Weird Tales. Yeah. Got to say that at least once. <laughs> uh, Mar- uh, Mark, I mean, Mike Mignola is still at it with his great... Um, sketches and I right now as we're as we're recording he's in the midst of um some early Marvel stuff which is awesome. He just he did the Sandman, Electro, the Scorpion, then he's got Super Scroll and then now Dragon Man from Fantastic Four. I sent those over to our friends of that have been on the podcast and host their own screw it we'll talk about comics, the Heinz brothers, because they're big fans of those classic Spider Man and Fantastic Four characters. Yeah. They were super into Mignola's art of those characters. So everybody keep watching Mignola's art. And again, I hopefully I'll landed some extra cash during this quarantine that I can buy one of those damn things. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. I don't know what else to say. Support your local businesses during this shitty time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not end on a bad note. Let's move <laughs> on to some weird tales. Woo. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we we're, got. We're going to be covering um, two stories. So go are ahead. Are you Kate. going? So you're going in the order. So you have this like two volume version, right? Yeah. I, you, you, the one that's on Hoopla is the Omnibus. It's the yes. two. It's, it's the, it's all of the weird tales plus a couple of other stories at the top that aren't, yeah. that were not originally part of weird tales. They're just side stories. One's about Bobby Yaga and the other one's how Kushik. Whatever I ever the deadless becomes deadless, I believe. Yeah. So those will be covered later for us, of of course, in our normal uh when we're back into normal season running. Uh not in these quarantine episodes. But yeah, I'm going off of volume one and two, the two the trade paperbacks of Weird Tales. I wonder why they're in this order, because they're all over the place. Yeah. Again, we've criticized Dark Horse before with their Hellboy organization in their collections they don't make fucking sense (laughs) yeah i wonder what the what the decision making process was for because it's just not publication date it's like just all over yeah it really is let's get uh scott alley on the on the horn and ask him call him call his ass up (laughs) so the first one we read the curse of the haunted doily (laughs) That was uh, written by Mark Ricketts, illustrated by Eric Wright, and colored by Michelle Madsen, lettered by Michelle Madsen, edited by Scott Alley, and originally published in Hellboy Weird Tales number two on April 23rd, 2003. And it's like a fun Kate Corrigan story. I really like the art and the 
colors in this one. Like it's kind of a big departure from a lot of Hellboy stuff. Yeah. I guess because like it's like Kate. So they're you kind of get a softer like her apartment is like more like swirly and like pastel colored. Like she's not in her like work uniforms. She should wear like a pink turtleneck just like hanging out in her house. Yeah. But it's still fun. Like it still feels like like it get it turns into this like demented thing and you still get to see some fun like monstery stuff before it's over. Yeah, Curse of the Haunted Doily Kate gets a package from her aunt and it's uh an item that used to belong to her mom. Kate gets a paper cut opening the package, gets blood on the doily which brings her mom back to like as a the spectral figure that emerges from the doily and as like a mom would do starts criticizing Kate and making Kate feel like shit. Yeah. Just about her <laughs> life like as like a critical parent she's got like a big beehive and like i'm like when was kate born like her mom looks like she's like from the 50s i don't know yeah she's like a strangely a blue hair and you're like what era (laughs) yeah when are you from but yeah she's just giving kate a hard time and kate like reverts into this little girl and she gets like younger and younger and younger as her mom is like criticizing her more her mom's kind of like talking like a sailor like she's pretty it's that same thing like that language from the last two that we read yeah like it's that same kind of like like kate asked her mom how she got here gabriel called my numbers i yelled bingo a trap door opened and well here i am right on time too like this kind of very stylized language you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Raising dust bunnies for fun and profit, are we? Like, kind of like talking in a way that, like, like it's almost like a radio announcer or something. It remi- like, it reminds <laughs> me of, like, that. it's just, like, so, so stylized. But it's still fun. It's, like, fun to read. I agree. She's coming. I mean, they definitely lean so hard that to make clear that she's from a different era. Yeah, and she's just, like, you know, busting Kate's chops. That She gets a phone call. From the BPRD, but she's like, Kate can't come to the phone right now. <laughs> and then it cuts to Abe and another BPRD agent out in the field. You see you see them framed in like the hole through the torso of a demon that Abe has just shot, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a good um, shot. Yeah. Abe's like, did you reach her? Uh, there are darker forces at work than I first thought. <laughs> How does so he the, know that that's her mother? <laughs> I don't know. He, I guess he just knows somebody, something's bad. Right. Like something's up. And then Kate's having like, as a little girl is having a tantrum on the floor, basically. And then it just cuts to the BPRD like break room. And Abe's asking her, so how'd you get out? Uh, how'd you get rid of her? I told her I'd marry a doctor, move to the suburbs and have a bunch of kids. And Johan goes, I'm a doctor. The end. <laughs> <laughs> That's so corny. Yeah. It's like, very silly. I, they were I just really like, how do we it end it? Corny. Yeah. Let's end it on a joke. End it on a joke with horny ass fucking Johan. Yeah. Who is in the predicament that he's in because he wanted a, a young woman. And now <laughs> Kate's available. Uh, creepy. You never see it creepy really. Vapes. <laughs> you never really see it with um especially not with like Mignola cuz he uses so much black like his 
black outlines and black, like huge black swaths of shadow and stuff. Mm -hmm. But this comic, the coloring, there's like no black whatsoever. Even the outlines are like slightly darker versions of the color of the object. Like, yeah, um, you're totally right. You know, like Kate has a lot of like maroon outlines and stuff like that. Maybe her like even her eyes are just a slightly darker brown. I think it's like a really cool like I think the colors did a great job. And this same woman did or uh, Michelle. What was it? Michelle. Michelle Madsen, uh, I believe. Madsen. Yeah. Yeah. She's been around for she, she'll continue to work with within the Mignola universe as well, which is cool. I think she. Yeah, I think she did a great job. Like, I think it's a really interesting color palette and like different approach to it. And even like compare from this from this comic from Haunted Doily to the next one that we're going to read. She shows a lot of like versatility, I think. Like it's not the same like the colors still look good in the next one, but it's like a different vibe. Well, she just she doesn't do the colors in the next. She only does oh, the I letters. Thought she did. Oh no, it's our it's our boy Stuart. Oh, Dave Stewart. But we'll get to oh, that. We'll get to okay, that. Oh, okay. I stand corrected. But we'll get to that. Because I was like, wow, she really like swung. Like, you know, but I think you're probably so right. I don't think your praise is wrong because she'll continue to do it. And she is, I think, a versatile. I think she's taking, probably learning and taking note of watching what Dave Stewart does and really growing off of that and creating her own, but also having that range. Yeah. I like Eric Wright's drawing in here too it's it's like very fun yeah i was looking up his what his notable things are because i'm not very familiar with eric Wright. but his big his big uh one is a, a comic manga book called my dead girlfriend which he did as well as he is the illustrator for the comic book adaptation of michael uh chapon i i'm pronouncing his last name wrong the guy that wrote um the amazing adventures of cavalier and clay cool um, she, he did that and was the recipient of the 2004 Russ Manning Award. And apparently he's also featured in on TV. He's best known as the ghost artist for television character Seth Cohen on the former Fox TV series The O.C. And is the creator of Atomic County. And then was also um, HBO TV show Six Feet Under. He created the fake vintage comic Blue Twister. So he's, That's funny. He's, yeah, he's really active. And he was an animator in, for Warner Brothers during the heyday of the animated output working on such cartoons as um, Superman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond. Looking, I can of, see that. Yeah, I was going to say that as well. Like, oh yeah, of course he was an animator for that stuff. <laughs> yeah, he definitely has like this cartoony style and like a very... Yeah, it's like a very animated style. Like there's a lot of movement in all of these panels in a really fun way. It's very cool. It's very different. And it's not even far off from um, what we've already discussed, who I was an idiot and realized that I've like, I didn't love his storyline. Remember the one where they went to Venice? Yes. Yeah. It was okay. Yes. I didn't really love the art for Hellboy, but I'm dumb because that artist, and I cannot think of his name off the top of my head. I will. Think of it right now because I'm pulling up the comic book I love of his, Michael Avon Oming. I didn't really, I didn't, I, I didn't particularly love his style with Hellboy, but he'll continue to do it. So maybe I'll come around on that. But one of his favorites is uh, Powers. Have you read Powers before? No. Oh, it's great. Um, you should check out Powers. It's by Brian Michael Bendis and Michael 
um, Oming. Uh, I like his style a lot in that in that context. It's about like a superhero fantasy crime noir book, and it's really cool. Good stuff. If you haven't read nice. it, highly check it out. It's probably all over Hoopla. Um, but it's very cool. Um, I, I have a couple of moments that I wanted to talk about before we move on to the second story. So this top of the, of the curse of the haunted doily, when she opens up the doily and her, her, does she get a paper cut immediately? Kate? Cause she it, cuts herself on like the, on like the paper, the paper on like right? the gift wrap or whatever. Yeah. But then she says, electric electrolysis a root canal electrolysis oh it's such a weird moment to me electrolysis a root canal anything but a so she's saying she'd have now i get it she's saying yeah, she, she would, would have rather those have things those. yeah she just hates paper cuts she's like <laughs> these are like notoriously painful procedures and she's like i would rather do any of these things than get a fucking paper cut i hate them it's such a weird way to talk to yourself <laughs> It's just like, again, with like the super stylized, uh, this like era of comics, uh, who's this Mark Ricketts? Yeah. Yeah, It's just like, you know, it's just like, it reminds me of like, sort of like detective novels and shit. Like their language is so it's like poetic, but still crass. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Or it's like, it's like a common man kind of speaking, but it's like, yeah, just like in that sort of style. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Just like more milk and cheese kind of shit. Yeah, I get it. Electrolysis, a root canal, anything but, but a paper cut. Like it's like, but I, I like it though. I still like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with it. It's not my absolute favorite, but I do enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It has, it's like place and cut. It's certainly not like hyper realistic. Like I think you get very like, people in comics striving for more like real dialogue, like real sounding dialogue now. Yes. And I'm sure, you know, then too, like there were comic artists doing that at the time too. But I think like the, the nature of these things being like short, uh, I think that kind of contributes to it where it's like, yeah, we, we want to have like snappy language. We want to have a mom who's very clear in her game or whatever, you know, she is a critical mom. She comes out swinging with her critique of Kate, like immediately on the first, like, you know, the first page that she appears on, she's like ripped into Kate like four times. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's just like a short thing. They have to like hurry up and get the idea across. Yeah. And I really like the, the visuals of, of her, her mom getting the visual representation of her mother actually getting to her by her uh, de-aging. I think that's a great visual aspect. It's something that I would love to, like a movie or even an animated movie, but it would just be so clear and fun to watch. It reminds me of, uh, I watched Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Did I talk? I think I talked. Oh yeah, they become little kids, right? Yeah, when they go to hell, (laughs) they like enter one room and it's like, what's his name? Alex Winter plays his Alex Winter's playing the grandma. And then a little kid is playing <laughs> little bill. Yeah. And it's like, give me a kiss. I love you know, that. all that shit. Like they just turned into little kids and they're so scared. And then isn't Keanu Reeves like his is the bunny rabbit he's scared of. Yeah. The Easter bunny. And then there's the sergeant as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think Bogus Adventure is a very, I mean, it's considered a cult classic, so I'm not saying anything It's fucking new. awesome. It's so good. It's <laughs> really good. And, like, just the characters are, like, they're, like, boneheads, but they're really sweet. Like, they want, they're, like, they're, like, positive characters, you know? Yeah, be excellent to each other. I love be it. Be excellent to each other. <laughs> I'm fucking jazzed for the new movie. I don't give a shit. A lot of people are like are hating on it, but why? Because there's female there's they have daughters. That's great. People are ripping into it. They're like they're like they're called little Bill and Ted at the end of the second movie, but they're never their gender isn't really revealed. Like you could be a girl Bill and a girl Ted. Yeah, who cares? Shut up. It's also <laughs> like pretty they're pretty respectful of like in Bogus Journey. Their girlfriends are like chased princesses from England, you know, yeah. so that from like, you know, they're, they're like princesses. So they don't want to have sex until marriage. And they both Bill and Ted are like, OK, yeah, <laughs> they're like fine with it. I would I would I would, I would go on the record and say Bill and Ted are pro consent. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. And that's great. like part of the thing is like evil, the evil robot thems. Are, are like gross. sexually assaulty. They're like yes. really gross, and they're like, and the girl, the 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 princesses are like, well, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I hate, I hate this. Like, you're terrible. <laughs> the wedding's off. Like, they're supposed to get married. I love it. You're making me want to watch it, dude. Watch it. It's so good. It's I, so good. I'm a big fan of it. I love the guy that plays the uh, death. I think he's great. He's awesome. He's hilarious. And the like set decoration set design is so cool. Like when they go to hell, it's so, it just looks great. Like it totally holds up. There's all these cool practical effects and like crazy, like, uh, crazy, like angles of everything. Like almost reminds me of like early Tim Burton-y kind of shit, but like less like curly swirly and more just like, uh, almost like, um, like a pastel nightmare, like the Edward Scissorhands kind of neighborhood, but yes. like even more stylized. Like I just think it looks so cool. Like I would love to have like a DVD with special with like a com- director's commentary or something. I-, I should look up if that exists. That would be awesome. That would be great. Even a commentary really from neat. Keanu and uh, the other guy. I just you said his name and I totally forgot. Um, I think it's Alex Winter. I want to Ale- say. I think you're right. I only know him from that and being Lost one Boys? of the vampires. Yeah, Lost Boys. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> he had directed this movie called, I think it's called like Freaked. And I've been meaning to watch it for like fucking 10 years and I always forget to do it. But I think he like in some way got involved with the like prosthetics and shit. Like I think I think it's like. It has a lot of practical effects from what I remember. I, I, I like vaguely read about it like years and years ago and was like, oh, this sounds fucking fun. Freaked. A vain actor, his best friend and an activist end up at a mutant freaking farm run by a weirdo scientist. Sounds uh, good. So I yeah, I got to watch this. I got to watch this. Thing. I'm just going to say right now. Before we go back to Hellboy, because I yeah, have sorry. some final <laughs> thoughts on no, I love big, this. I, I love this rant. tangent. One, I think Keanu's had a what people will say like a renaissance or whatever, because I lack of a better word. I love he doesn't really he's gotten to a point where he can really like make fun of himself. I think he'll he'll just play. They're gonna play into those roles so well as adults, which I can't wait. Yeah, I think the cast they have for the 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 future movie one, they've brought back a lot of the original people. Death is in it. 
Yeah. They have other comedians that are going to be in it are going to be fun. The director I'm super excited about. It's Dean uh, Parasot. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name. What else has he done? I haven't seen a lot of it. I'll be honest. But there's one movie that stands out that I love that I think is to me is a good sign is that he did Galaxy Quest. Oh, and that's amazing. I love Galaxy Quest. I think it's one of the most Galaxy highly Quest underrated is so comedies. good. <laughs> it's so, so good. I don't care. I'm I'm excited for this next Bill and Ted movie. And it's one of the original writers, Ed Solomon, the guy that created it. They brought, Fuck he came yeah. So. I'm so jazzed. It, it's all just like, you know, it's all just incels who don't want to have any girls in the fucking movie. That's all. They fucking suck. And I hate them. They can yeah, all, they it's can just all like, burn, burn in their basements. You still have <laughs> these two movies. Like, if you love the first two movies, this doesn't detract from that. Just, like, enjoy that. I don't know. Yeah. I it's can't. the same shit as, like, girl Ghostbusters. Like, just let fucking girls like something for a fucking minute. Yeah, exactly. Just make it good. That's and all it I have to say. And it doesn't mean that only girls can like it. Like, it doesn't, exactly. like, just, everybody just shut up. Just give it, don't judge it until you see it. Yeah. It's, you gotta I, give that it being change. said, I hope it's good. I was so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ghost, I'll be honest. I'll go on the record. I gave Ghostbusters a chance and it bored me to hell. And I blame Paul Feig, not the women that starred in it. <laughs> I remember, I mean, the cast is so, was so good. And I was so fucking pumped for it. They were just like, I, I, I watched it in theaters and I haven't seen it since. But I remember, I remember like the circusy stuff at the end being weird. I'm like, why do we have like, the like big ghosts at the end were anticlimactic from what I remember. I, I have to go back and rewatch it. I weirdly have, I own it because it was like part of a, perm, you I got do? It for, yeah. Because I got it for free on some, like when I signed up for like movies anywhere or something Disney wise. Like, and it just I wish gave, I could just borrow it ones. from you. Cause I don't want to pay for it. And you probably could. I could probably just have you sign in. Uh huh. Wink, wink. Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, it's like a so digital we'll copy. We'll talk. Off okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no give but, me your password now but we're talking about ghostbusters back to ghosts yes which is the ghost of kate, kate way to wrangle us mother in. um i love this line i think this line's very funny it's probably my favorite part of the the story because overall i think this is a very creative story i i before i talked about the line i wanted to talk about what i love about the colors is is i think it's representative of kate because i think Unlike all other characters like Hellboy, Abe Sabian, even uh, uh, Liz, they do have like a darker side of their past because they have these bigger things in their lives that have caused their lives pain. So they yeah. have this start. Kate Corgan, who is also, I think, a badass in her own right. Yeah. She doesn't, she has a past, but she doesn't have that darker past. She has an annoying past. So I love that the palette sort of reflects her because i think when we meet yeah hers is it's more like it's it's more relatable you know she didn't kill her parents but her mom was still a fucking asshole to her and made her feel small yeah exactly literally (laughs) out of all of the characters we've met aside from maybe johan showing some corny excitement for going through files yeah kate is constantly sort of always excited to to explore the the paranormal She's never oh, yeah. she's never she's never shown like a side of being annoyed or put out by it. She's even in when she goes to explore the one to save uh try to save Roger, she's excited until she gets put in a corner. You know what I mean? And I guess like you would danger. have to be if you if you join the BPRD and you don't have any sort of special powers, 
already. You you got to just have a passion for the paranormal. Yes, and I think Kate is definitely that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, not until she gets into the field, which we when we first met her, uh, back in uh, the wolves story, was that like, oh, she didn't really understand fully what it went, meant to be in the field with a paranormal thing, but you know, she has such a light to her that I love that they bring to this story. Yeah, it's very um, cool. And that brings me to I love this line when the mother picks up the picture of her. Abe Sabian, then Hellboy in the back. I knew you were going to say this line. It's so good when she's all, oh dear, Katie, there's a lot of fish in the sea, and not all of them are actual fish. <laughs> that was a great read, dude. Oh, thank you. I would cast you as the mom in this uh, in the cartoon of this. I'll comic. have to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, it. I think you found it. I think thank we got you got it. It's like, one take, Dave. One take, Dave. There we go. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's so funny. I love it. It does like, because we have had hints that like they have such a good close relationship and I love that. Yeah. That's like, that's one of those small details that I feel like the writer and the artist actually are aware of the world that they're playing in. I love that. Totally. <laughs> uh, that's great. And then, yeah. Any other favorite moments before we move on to the next storyline for you, Kate? Uh, yeah, I like, you know, I like the frame of, Abe and the other agent looking through a hole and that he's blasted through a creature. So good. Um, I just I like, that, I want to, I want to call out what you already praised is that Michelle Madsen, I think that shows her range going from the brightness of Kate's apartment into the field. Those two, that's only two panels. Yeah. She does bring some darkness to that to show the contrast. Yeah. There's like some gore and viscera. There's, you know, <laughs> So a bloody dripping hole in, in the torso of a demon uh, on top of, you know, being able to draw like a cool doily. I think that, <laughs> yeah, like, or, uh, you know, like color it, I should say. Um, yeah, I think it's just fun. It's just fun. I like it. I agree. I like the outlines. Like there's one where the ghost of her mom sort of like flies underneath her legs and like flies up to the where all her photos are yeah there's a lot of like movement in that but that yeah i think the color there's like a lot of subtle color gradients that i really am like oh that's cool like the outline of kate's legs in that panel have this really subtle color gradient from like a dark magenta to a slightly lighter magenta and i'm like that looks good and it's like in front of this like green background. So the red really pops off the green. Like it's just like a cool, it's like a good understanding of how color works. Like I feel like color, like coloring's so hard and we get really spoiled with um, uh, Dave, Dave Stewart because he's just so good at it. Like you, you almost don't even notice it because you're just in it, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just, it, it's just, I really admire color like colorists who are who are this good. It's like it's such a skill and like you have to have such an eye for for that kind of shit. And I don't know. I, I think it's just really neat. I love it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100 percent on that. Yeah, it's like a small thing. The outline of Kate's legs on page 236. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I guess I just one last thing is I'll probably want to maybe check out some of other Mark Scott Ricketts material he's yeah i've never read anything of his but he's best known it looks like for lazarus jack that's just something that he is known for so i'll have to definitely check cool that title 
Yeah, it is a very cool title. Yeah. But all right, let's move on to our second Hell story. Yeah. yeah, so the second story... Is definitely a contrast. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Yeah, the feel of this one is a big swing, like a pendulum swing away from the cursed doily. Uh, even the title, you know, you really get the impression immediately, the dread within... Uh, yeah. which was written by Jason Pearson, illustrated by Jason Pearson, uh, colored by Dave Stewart, and lettered by Michelle Madsen, uh, edited by Scott Alley. And that was published in Hellboy Weird Tales number four in August, uh, August 27th, 2003. And it is, it's like a Liz story. You get like, it's, you know, Liz just is going to have to be dealing with her parent killing her parents for forever. Like it opens with Liz sort of having this inner monologue talking to her parents, essentially like talking to her dad. She's looking at a picture of her family and like a little puppy mm -hmm. when they were kids or when she was a kid, I should say. And, you know, she's like sort of just like, yeah, the BPRD is trying to deal with me and I'm, I'm sort of over it. And, like, I'm being sent on these missions partially to help, but partially so that the BPRD can try to help me. But it's, like, clearly not working. Like, her, I really love all of the art in this. Like, her facial expressions are just, like, she's, like, checked out, you know? She can't deal with this pain anymore. So she's just, her eyes almost seem, like, blank. She has this, like, really, like, it's really nice, subtle sort of she's just fucking depressed yeah. and she's like I, I like you know totally yeah she like is talking in her mind like having this inner monologue slash monologue conversation with her father saying like oh you know I bought a gun like a huge gun that people like hunt with and I can barely pick it up and I'm too scared to uh too scared to die too scared to live what do I do I what mean, do I do dad yeah. This is wild. This is heavy shit. Talking about suicide. She burns and she burns the picture. She must go through so many photographs of her. She has like a box full of these. Just for burning she, every, every time. Yeah. Every burning single time she looks at it, she's like coffee. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, you know, shit sucks. She like sheds one tear. We see Hellboy and Abe for just a second asking her like, hey, ready to go? Like ready to go on this mission? So she ends up going on this uh like a BPRD assignment to like a suburban house. It looks like a yeah, in a, Portland, Oregon. Yeah. And a, a like poltergeist has been kind of torturing this family. We get like two BPRD agents out front. One's a medium and one's like a beef, like a beefy. <laughs> yeah. Like it looks guy. Like he, he's wearing a, a Yankees hat. And so I always, I look at his body and I'm like, this guy wanted to be a baseball player, but didn't make the cut. So he joined yeah. the BPRD. Yeah, he like he like started taking steroids before he ever got into the like he never yeah. got into the majors. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's like kind of talking shit and uh, like he's like I heard this chick's crazy and then Liz walks up behind him like, "Yeah, yeah, I heard that too." She like just strolls in. Immediately we see a BPRD agent that was sent in earlier, throat cut. One of the most fucking brutal. Yeah, one of the most bluntly violent things I think we've had in a yeah, in a, just in like a, a human, book. like a human with this like horrible mortal wound Woof. on top of uh, Aramaic letters and stuff. Little girl crouched in the corner. 
that the uh, the rookie BPRD agent tries to talk to. The medium BPRD agent is like, I feel sick. My head hurts. We're dealing with a demon, not a ghost. You got to find a little talisman. It's somewhere in this house. And then like Liz is like, we got to go get back up. If this is a demon, this isn't something that I want to like deal with right now. Like we got to have backup for this. And then the rookie gets tossed across the room and Liz looks back at the little girl and she sees a flash. It's just straight up Pazuzu from The Exorcist. Like this is the same demon. Oh, I'm, glad, from... I'm glad you thought that because that's all I yeah. thought too. <laughs> I mean, it's like literally like that looks like the flash in The Exorcist. Like yes. when you see a flash for a second, you see like Pazuzu's face with the pale and like the big sharp teeth and the yellow orange eyes so like that flashes kate sees it very creepy like the drawing in this in this comic is fucking awesome like i think I he agree. did such a great job there's a big explosion liz falls through the floor lands in the basement and that's where the parents are we see um the mom down there she's like hey hey like the floor caved in liz is like do you, where'd you pick up a talisman show me where this fucking talisman is okay and then she's like, oh, wait, my husband, we don't have any talismans. Wait, wait, wait. My husband did bring this thing back from Israel. Ugly as shit. But my kid really liked it and started talking to it. It's over there in this other room in the basement. <laughs> Liz opens the door like creak, opens it. Really creepy panel of the little girl with her back to us, to like the viewer, to Liz too. And we see the talisman there on the shelf. Which is the exact, it's just straight up the Pazuzu carving from yeah. the Exorcist. Uh, I think the second Exorcist, do you see this carving? Yeah. It's I the same it except for except for where the huge dick was in the movie on the statue. There's nothing. There's just like a crack. Like that had yeah, fallen off or something. Off. They were like, That's I don't think Pazuzu's we can show so a mad. huge erect dick on this thing. So, yeah. But other than that, it's literally the same, like, it's the same exact Pazuzu statue from... The second exorcist. Yeah, I, um, I Googled it real quick because I was like, oh, yeah, this is just if what if the exorcist existed in a BPRD? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Like, it's just a, it's uh, but it's not like because um, you're still exploring like Liz's yeah. emotions through this. So it doesn't feel like it's just like a rip off. Like it's like an homage to and, and like used as a tool to explore Liz's like relationship with her dead parents basically yeah totally i i I never thought of it as a ripoff i thought it as as you said like it's because it's such a blatant it's like this is exactly what our like it's wearing it on its sleeve like there's no kind of like it's not being coy about the influence here like there you have everything you have like the throwing up like she throws up piss all over liz at this point (laughs) which is so gross and like liz gets knocked backwards and sort of just gets like knocked out and then she has this like dream vision where she is talking to her dead father and her dad basically tells her to like save like don't kill this girl but not meaning this little girl from this family but for liz it's like we your parents died but don't kill my little girl like don't kill yourself because of that basically Mm -hmm. and when she comes to this family's little girl is choking her (laughs) choking her out as this demon you know possessed demon the little girl's mom is like trying to hold her back as she is like speaking with this cool like I i love when they do have fun with speech bubbles like that 
it's like sparing enough that it's not like distracting. It's not like every single speech bubble is this crazy new thing. But now yeah. that the girl is like completely possessed by the demon, she has like this cool like black speech black background speech bubble with like the white yeah it's not ch- it's not like chiller font but it's like up there <laughs> yeah i like you it know too. what i mean it makes it very um, clear that the for us as a reader that the the child is now the voice is now changed. so changed yeah, yeah. it's like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> i mean again the exorcist thing even the visual of the when the child is fully possessed is identical to the exorcist oh yeah yeah, exactly. The demon slash little girl's choking Liz out. She destroys the talisman. The demon is like ripped out of this little girl. The mom's like, is it over? Liz is like, it better be. <laughs> uh, the little girl seems fine now. And then they kind of just do like a nice little wrap up page where she's talking to the medium BPRD agent from the beginning of, or from like the beginning of the uh, uh, assignment, I should mm-hmm. say. And she's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm okay. You know, pretty standard stuff, like bruised, battered, getting pissed on essentially. Like, <laughs> yeah. Normal BPRD stuff. He's like, and he's like, yeah, like mediums must be allergic to demons. I didn't feel very good. Uh, what about you? Like, what are you going to be doing? And she takes like a look at the little girl who's like giving her a thankful sort of smile and like hand on a car door. Like, like, thanks for getting that demon out of me essentially with this look. And Liz kind of cracks a smile for the first time, sort of looking relieved. And she's just like, yeah, tell the boys at the bureau. I'm I'm not coming right back. And he says, don't tell me there's another little girl to save. And she says something like that. So she, I guess, presumably is going to go, deal with the death of her parents and her murdering of her parents. Yeah. Uh, you know, even if by accident. Yeah. So, so you get the impression that she's going to go kind of like forgive herself for that a little bit in, in one way or another, whether that means like maybe visiting the places or just like going on a fucking walk and clearing her head about it. (laughs) I don't know. Whatever it is, she's off to do it. (laughs) Yeah. She's off to do it. Um, So it's really cool. I really liked this one. It was, it it, it surprised me how strong of a story it is. Yeah. It's really, cause it's like what, 12 pages or something. Yeah. It's very short. I'm wondering if any of this, this will fold or this idea of, of Liz dealing with her family will fold into the bigger universe, even though this is not considered canon, you know? Right. Cause it feels right on right in place. It doesn't feel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't feel like something that is so far from this, from what Mignola's introduced about this character that if it w- did turn out to be canon, it would be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because I think that there are plenty of storylines where Liz is really controlling her powers, but the her powers being out of control, I guess you could construe as kind of a symptom and it's not dealing with like the root cause. But this is really this comic is starting to kind of scratch the surface of the root cause of the pain that Liz has in her life, which is like my actions, you know, however accidental resulted in my parents dying and that's going to fuck me up forever. And she's just kind of really starting to deal with that in a way that's like constructive in a way that she can continue living her life rather than, you know, dealing with it in a way that's like, I can't deal with this pain. I have to kill myself. Um, so yeah, I think it's like a pretty nuanced, 
cool story for for the 12 pages that they had with it. Um, I agree. I think, I think Jason this, Pearson did great. He did a great job. It makes me want to read more of his shit, too. Have you read any other stuff by this guy, Jason? I Pearson? haven't, unfortunately, but he's he's mostly known for right, uh, drawing for Legion of Superheroes, The Dragon, Blood and Guts, and Global Frequency Body Bag, stuff that I have never picked up. So, yeah. Personally. So I'd be interested if, if any listeners have any recommendations for him, like where to start. Otherwise, I would probably just go see what his highest reviewed comics are and start there. But I, I, I love his art and I think his writing's really solid too. Like I think he, like his is slightly more naturalistic sounding like his dialogue, you know, he doesn't have any of that hyper stylized like super comic booky dialogue, I, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. And I think I would like to see him have more pages to flesh it out because if I was yeah. being if I was being nitpicky, the last line is a good setup for for Kate or excuse me, not Kate, Liz, but I don't because there's lack of pages, I don't understand why this random BPRD medium understands her her sort of her backstory a little bit i guess the only thing you can construe is like oh since he's a medium that's true maybe he has like hyper good empathy like he can like somewhat get a feeling for like he can like feel her vibes and like understand that what she like how she's feeling on a level great or at least like some like i that's the only thing like you I agree. Like, I think it's like he has to the the author has to get a lot across in a really short amount of time here, like a really short number of pages. So, yeah, you don't really get it, it is kind of like really quick and you have to assume a lot about the this character that we've never met before. This yeah. medium guy. I agree. But, yeah. But yeah. that's like me being nitpicky because totally, I, like totally. I really like the story a lot. Yeah. But if that I, I think that's a great it's not even like a critique. It's like, it's like, wow, I really like this guy's stuff and I want to see what he would do with more pages almost. Yes, exactly. My other, my only one other nitpicky thing, Kate, on page two, I think Abe Sabian looks great. What's up with Hellboy's chin? It's fucking yeah, huge. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> super into, I'm not super into this depiction of Hellboy. Yeah, it's... Or, or really of Abe, like, I don't hate that Abe has this, like, hood over his face. Like, I think that's kind of cool, but, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think his versions of Hellboy, Hellboy especially, yeah. Hellboy's off, but... I, I, you, you get that impression. It's like, people try to make Hellboy's skull structure, like, make sense. You know, like, they try <laughs> to make it be like, oh, he's just a guy with a huge jaw? Okay, I'll, I'll draw that. Like, it kind of... Hellboy sort of has to be more stylized. Like, it's really hard to draw, like, a realistic, like, a, quote, realistic version of this character. Yeah, and I think you because, have to Because, like, it's just not how human skulls work. And yeah, shit. and he's not fully human. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> of course he's going to be a little different. Give yeah. into it. He just, you know, he's yep. got this big, like, lantern head. But whatever. <laughs> whatever, yeah. But with that yeah. said, I really like the design that he's given Liz. Uh, to yeah, Liz. I think I think Liz looks fucking awesome. Yeah, she's yeah, she's gothic totally. in a way that really works. It doesn't seem. She, yeah, she's got like a Morticia Adams thing going on in this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. And her, I mean, her in a pantsuit. Come on, power pantsuit. She looks great. <laughs> I love it. It's a very cool, and I like the homage. 
to Exorcist. Any favorite panels or dialogue, anything from this that stands out? Yeah, I mean, I think this this guy draws this Pazuzu character so well, so scary. Yeah, I think that looks really fucking cool. It's really creepy. Like when the little girl starts to look up over the shoulder of the rookie. It's really fucking creepy and good. Like this guy just has a good understanding of like, he's obviously like a huge horror fan. He's like, loves the exorcist clearly. And like, has like a great understanding for like that. And like when the little girl's facing the darkness, like it's just super, I think like all the horror shit is really effective in this uh, issue. I a hundred percent agree. It's paced really well. Yeah. In order to to bring up those horror feelings, yeah, and like the creaking of the door and the seeing the little girl, it's uh, yeah, it's, I think it's all just really cool. Yeah, it's very strong. How about you? Yeah, Is there like you, a favorite part? I think I'm gonna agree with you. I think my favorite apps, two my two favorite frames, include uh, Pazuzu. I think his first appearance is so perfectly him capturing those flashes of him from exorcist yeah. in a comic book form that I'm just impressed. Yeah. And in off that one panel, you 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 see Liz's ah come out. Uh-huh. But I actually think with his pacing he captured he captured that so naturally of like being caught off guard by it. I think that's great. Yes. And then I love Pazuzu coming out of the the little girl. When the talisman right out, yeah, this like after huge screaming burning. face. Yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. fucking awesome. Totally. And Dave Stewart's colors are just so activated with his art. He's right the now. fucking shit. He's so good. <laughs> it's unreal. You put him with anybody, and they'll make their stuff better. I really, at first, I really did think it was Michelle Madsen again, and I was like. Damn, she's like so versatile. <laughs> but I think she it's, is. I think she, she still could, is. She's but it's like, yeah, I was like, this is like such a swing away from that shit, and it's so like. But of course, it's just like Dave Stewart rolling in, being the yeah. the man at fucking coloring stuff. <laughs> he is the master. It's unbelievable. so good, so good. <laughs> uh, but that's it. That's it for this week. We're just gonna cover those two stories. Of they were really tales. fun ones. I really liked them. Yeah, I think it was a really strong little pairing. Yeah, for those two, and I like that again. As we've already called out, but like the contrast of the two is a good way to read those two. Yeah, Bal- balances the fun and the dark out. Totally, so you're not completely left depressed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> by Kate's woes, or I keep saying Kate, but Liz's woes. Yeah, but yeah, that's great. Um, out there. You listeners, we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on these two stories or anything we've covered thus far? Yeah. um, From Weird Tales or otherwise. Definitely want to hear your thoughts on The Exorcist being in the the Hellboy universe, if not just briefly of non-canon. What you thought of these artists, anything, as Kate has already asked, any suggestions from these artists from Weird Tales that you think we should pick up? We want to hear from you. And you can reach out to us directly at Podcast at gmail.com. We will respond to your emails. We'll, we'll talk about them right here on the show in our segment, Oh Boy Emails. So email us, Podcast at gmail.com. As well as you can stay up to date on what's coming next, anything that we post via um, Instagram is going to be on Ah Crap A Hellboy Podcast as well as Twitter Ah Crap Hellboy so follow us there you can communicate with us on those formats for the majority though we don't talk about that or share that 
on the regular on the podcast, but don't shy away from reaching out to us. We're, we're constantly online. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you can, please go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. If you give us a review that starts with the word boom, we will give you a shout out right here on the podcast and review your and read your review out loud. And you can also do that on any other format that offers that wherever you listen to us. If it gives you the chance to rate us, please do that. That brings more listeners to the podcast. So we thank you for that. We really appreciate it. We hope to hear from you. And again, I don't have any more else to say other than weird times. There'll be more weird tales to come. (laughs) Please be safe out there in the world while we're getting through this pandemic. That's it. Yeah. Uh, we're going we're gonna to keep doing this the way we're doing it for now. Yeah. We thank you really big time for listening. Uh, any other words, Kate, other than? Yeah, I think uh, that pretty much summed it up. And don't forget, we love you. Especially Dave. <laughs> oh, boy. Bye. This is Patrick. And this is Mark, co-host of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we're your home for all things Nintendo. On Tuesday, we're talking about the latest Nintendo news. And on Thursday, we're doing deep dives into specific corners of the Nintendo universe. Ranking the Koopa Kids. Determining who the best Smash Fighter is. That's Nintendo Cartridge Society on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.